Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone had a fantastic July 4th Independence Day yesterday, and you guys enjoyed the live show we did. Hope you guys had safe and fun last night, and we're back at it again today. And thank you again for supporting Health Masters and getting the truth out there alongside us, continuing to encourage one another to speak up for what you truly believe. And what's interesting, I saw an article earlier here. This is about the Declaration of Independence when it was read aloud. This is something that's interesting. I'm just going to bring this up because so I was reading through it. And it was on July 9th, 1776, when a copy of the Declaration of Independence had reached New York City. At the time, tensions about the Revolutionary War ran very high. As you recall, I didn't go into much detail about this yesterday, but Americans were split between the revolutionists and the loyalists. Because you had a huge percentage. Now, I mean, I'm not sure the exact number, but it was a good amount that were loyalists to the king. And they were diametrically opposed to the war. And so apparently when the uh, British naval ships actually occupied New York Harbor at the time. And so when this thing, when George Washington read the words of the Declaration of Independence for a city hall, a huge crowd rallied and cheered. However, that same day, ironically enough as well, the King George statute was also torn down and melted, and they said it con- they converted it into more than 42,000 musket balls for the Continental Army. <laughs> and yet you had a bunch of loyalists that were super angry about it and basically started snitching, and this you know, continued to escalate things even further. <laughs> but I thought you guys get a kick out of that on July 9th, 1776. And, uh, but yes – So thank you, my friends, for standing up for what you believe. Thank you for discussing things and having open discussions with people. Yesterday was interesting. Dad and I went over to July 4th party, and, you know, there were multiple people there, and everybody had different ideas and different things, but a lot of us were on a similar page and background. And it's interesting to talk to other people and get other people's views and opinions because sometimes people bring stuff up. And you're like, that's interesting. You know, I may not necessarily agree with that, but I'll look into that more. And there's different topics that I always enjoy conversing with other people about. And that's why it's so important to continually do research and be educated on topics. So if the time comes when you do talk to somebody or you are having a discussion with somebody, you actually know what you're talking about. There's nothing worse than trying to get involved in a conversation that you know nothing about and you just start making a erroneous comments that make no sense at all, as you see a hard amount of the liberal left do, where you have facts brought up to them, and then the only response they have is they stand there and they start screaming profanity at the top of their lungs. You've watched it on videos. It's embarrassing. It's like, golly, dude, I mean, uh, tell me you don't know what you're talking about without telling me you don't know what you're talking about. And this is what you see happen more and more now is the current trend with this generation is that the education and understanding of current history and current things that are happening right now is starting to slowly erode because it's not being taught. And again, that's why I told you guys yesterday, it's so important. You train up your children, you teach them about history, you teach them about certain things. So thank you again for that. And also to be sure to check out the product of the week the inacetyl cysteine, the one and only. You guys voted it one product of the week. Incredibly good for detoxification of toxins and pollutants in your body. Really helps out respiratory function. If you guys remember, this is a huge component during 
the COVID pandemic that we recommended that saw huge results. I personally took it as well in high doses during the time that I ended up getting COVID in 2021. And what NAC is, it's a sulfur-containing derivative of the amino acid L-cysteine, which supports antioxidant and detoxification mechanisms in the body. It's a free radical scavenger. It's fantastic. And it also massively increases glutathione levels in the body, which glutathione levels, again, also help out with removing toxins from the body. So definitely something to check out. It'll be on sale today for product of the week. So be sure to grab a bottle. It's always a good one to have on hand. I've always recommended people take it if they're having issues with their lungs, immune system, or simply just taking it on a regular daily supplemental basis to detoxify their body. So check that out at healthmasters.com. Also, too, at other news, this is something that I thought was very interesting and kind of a joke, but it's not a joke because, you know, more and more people now are really starting to expose this World Economic Forum debacle that we're starting to watch. We have this group of individuals that nobody voted for, by the way. Nobody voted for these guys, Klaus Schwab and all these individuals. Nobody's put them in these positions of power. Nobody has voted for them. Nobody's even confirmed that they need to be in these positions or they're even qualified to even set up a platform like a World Economic Forum. I told you guys earlier this week, they went into detail now how they want seven of the vehicles, even electric, off the road by 2050, which that shows you kind of their agenda on why I said before the electric push that we're seeing with EV cars isn't sustainable with the current number of vehicles on the road to try to push them into this. So what's the next step? You get them off the road. Well, now there's this newly resurfaced report that was written in 2019 that essentially goes into detail how by 2030, fashion needs to be obsolete for humans and everything needs to be done for the goodness of the world and for the climate change. By 2030, they go into detail how essentially how Americans, or not Americans, anybody in the world, except for obviously the elite flying around in their Gulfstream 750s, but all the other people in the world, they're only going to be permitted to buy about three items of clothing per year, and they'll be prohibited from consuming any type of meat by 2030. Now, this was published in 2019. It was called The Future of Urban Consumption in a 1.5 Celsius degree world, and it was directly funded by the WEF, the World Economic Forum, to set extreme targets for governments around the globe to reduce greenhouse gas emissions inconsistent with the 2015 Paris Agreement ambition. And the report demonstrates that mayors have an even bigger role and an opportunity to help avert climate change. And it goes into detail on how all these things people need to be doing, and including not buying clothes, not being into fashion, not driving a car, not eating meat – Pretty much live like a broke peasant your entire life. Live in a little 200-square-foot house. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Work. Go home. Sleep. Go back to work and be basically a peasant. And this is what, again, the World Economic Forum is very known for promoting now with these agendas that they constantly push. And what they use, they use companies like BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard that promote the ESG score that we've now talked about in detail through these major corporations to try to change the behavior. As Fink said, the CEO of BlackRock, you have to force change on people. 
So if they want things to be changed, they're going to try to force it. This is why I have been so vocal about telling people you've got to be active. You've got to get people out there knowing what's actually happening. You've got to support companies that support you, support American Patriot companies that are speaking the truth, that are getting things out there, that are actually talking about what's going on. And so, again, that's why I appreciate the support of Health Masters and everything you do, the emails. I got a lot of good emails I'm going over today. Thank you for the support on those as well. It can continue to keep the truth out there because when you have groups like the World Economic Forum that are just spewing out just completely and totally just I mean just erroneous rhetoric like this I mean about how many clothes you can buy and what you can and can't eat and you can and can't drive guys this report was from 2019 and they're saying they want to start having this by 2030 you know this is like six years away that they want to start really pushing this agenda so we're going to see a very big fight on our hands over the next couple of years that everybody is going to be drawn into this war, whether you want to believe it or not. And I don't necessarily mean a combative direct front engagement war. What I mean is this is going to be a war to try to force change on the general population of the world and see if people go along with it the same way they did COVID as its base experiment at the very bottom. That's what COVID was. It was an experiment. It was a giant societal, social, economic experiment to see what these groups could do and forcing change and forcing behavioral changes and changing the entire culture of the world and see if people go along with it. And that's why I've told so many people now, you have to look at history and you have to address history in order to prevent it from happening again. Americans have to actually look at this and say, are we going to go along with this nonsense again? Are we going to support these woke companies? Are we going to continue to buy stuff from companies that we know are diametrically opposed to our viewpoints? All these things you've got to start looking at. Nobody can sit on the, the, the sidelines anymore. Everybody's going to get drawn into this. So again, thank you for the support. Keep getting the truth out there. And how are you doing this morning, Deb? Uh, good morning, Austin. I'm doing absolutely wonderful. A good opening. And, and you're right. We've got to make a choice here. I mean, we, we talk about this on the show all the time and we, we tell folks you've got to make a decision on what you want to do. And you got to make a decision on how many basically compromises you want to make. And that's what it turns into is just a giant series of compromises, you know, with the masks, you know, with the social distancing, you know, with the businesses being locked down, with, you know, curfews, with all of it. And, you know, as as Christians, you know, we answer to a higher authority. We answer to the Most High God. We answer to Jesus Christ. We answer to the Holy Spirit. And we don't answer to these government authorities when they give us dictates that aren't in alignment with what God says. That's the problem I've got with Romans 8 with all these Christians that blindly follow the leadings of the government regardless of what the government says. If the government tells you to do something that's outside of the boundaries of what the Bible tells you to do, in other words, you know, like create a problem as far as abortion and killing infants and children and, and infanticide and all this other kind of stuff – the response from Christianity should be, no, we're not going to do that because God's law is above your law. And, and the same thing with the cross-dressing and the transgenders and all the rest of this stuff. You know, this against God's law. Now, again, you know, we've talked about this before. People are doing this in the proxy of their own home, whatever. I mean, you know, whatever. They're, they're answerable, answerable to God for that, not to me. But when they force it on us publicly and they come out and they say that we have to comply – I mean, there's a, there's a picture of Klaus Schwab walking down the beach in Geneva, Lake Geneva, or he may have been, who knows, in the French Riviera, I have no idea. And he's wearing a bridal gown, you know, and it's, it's got sheer lace. The guy's a total pervert. He's a weirdo. You know, he's just a sick person. 
but yet he's the one who's ahead of the World Economic Forum, and he basically is the one who's pushing these strings and you know and pulling the, pushing the buttons and pulling the strings and telling us what we have to do and how we have to live. And it's insanity because remember the orders aren't coming from him; they're coming from above him. He's just another pawn in the game, and it's the Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan, you know, network that's running the show behind the scenes, being led by the fallen angels, and, and with, of course the Luciferian head of that. And and once we understand that, we start to see the way it all lays out from a timeline standpoint. You, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting to me. You know, when you finally look at what's happened in the United States and you look at what happened in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s and now, you know, 2000s and now we're in 2020s, you start to see this gradual decline as far as the morals and the values and the ethics of the United States. And you ask yourself, you know, why has this happened? And how in the world have we gotten to this point, you know, basically from from a national standpoint? And, And you start to realize that all of this stuff was done on purpose to us. Very, very slowly, you know, we saw always joke about how, you know, you know, the United States basically is being cooked like a, you know, like a frog in a bucket, you know, hot water. And eventually it starts boiling and the frog gets cooked and didn't even realize because his core temperature went up really, really slowly. And I used to joke about that because it's kind of a horrible thing to do, kind of an inhumane thing to do from a joke standpoint. But the reality is, is that that's exactly what they've done to us. The vast majority of the people, if they had been told, you know, 70, 80 years ago that we would be here right now, simply would not have had the ability to believe it. And quite frankly, even when I was a child, I wouldn't have believed it. I, I would have thought there's no way. There's no way. I still remember the power of the Catholic Church, you know, way back when. I still remember the power of Christianity way back then. I still remember the protests and all the things that we would do. But gradually, and it really started pushing hard when that Ellen's generous degenerate came out basically as being a lesbian on you know tv etc cetera, etc cetera. and then she's unbelievably hard to work with i hear she's one of the most one of the worst people in the world in hollywood to deal with and and but she puts on this persona of who she thinks is what you to think who she is and she's not she's a real mean hardcore <clears throat> that's what she is same thing with bill cosby first time i met bill cosby and i had to spend a day with him in philadelphia he was one of the meanest people i've ever met in my entire life i mean he was horrible I mean, they actually had me handle him because no one else could deal with him. He's screaming and yelling and cussing at people. and It was insane what he did. And then we find out later that he's been involved with basically drugging women and all the other things he was involved in. And so we start to realize that Hollywood puts on a facade. These people are actors. They're actresses. And they put this show out there that they want you to see. But the reality is that's not who they are. They're really something much, much darker. A lot of them are you know, basically bound with unclean spirits and demons, and they've had all kinds of crazy rituals they've gone through. And they have a whole host of assorted demonic activity in their own lives, including a whole host of different personalities. And you see the ones that they want you to see because of demonic possession, in most cases, I believe, on the TV and on the persona because they're actresses and actors. And suddenly you get to know them and you start to realize this person is not very nice. You know, I had a, a preacher. He was a high-level Mason that I met. He was on the seminar circuit. He had a big church in California, and uh, he was another big Illuminati boy. And uh, you know, and, I, and basically, he was one of the meanest people I've ever met too. I won't mention his name. He's dead now. I have respect for his son, who I really like. But the reality is, is that you know, he basically started this church, and he was like a motivational speaker. It's up there with you know Earl Nightingale and the rest of those guys. But when you got to meet him and got to know him, he was horrible, horrible, horrible person. And so you start to realize that you have to find out. Who the person really is. Character matters. It really does. And, you know, it's like a, in the state of Florida, we have a thing. We have 90 days. If we hire a new employee, 
to terminate them without having to pay, you know, unemployment to them. And here and here's why I think they do that. And here's what I've learned, too, with people and relationships, et cetera. Pretty much anybody can fool you for 30 days. They can't. They can put on a good, pretty good show. It's really hard to fool somebody for 60. And, and unless you're just a professional whatever, you're not going to fool anybody for 90 days. It's just, it's just really, you know, unless you're like a grifter, a professional Ponzi person, you're not going to fool somebody for 90 days. But now, but I know people that can do that. They, they, they can fool you for 90 days. I've had, I've known two people that were really good at that. Both of them female. Just thought I'd mention that. Guys have a harder time with that because you know their personality starts to come out. And you start to realize very quickly that you don't want to deal with all that. But honestly, you know that's why the state of Florida gives you the opportunity. That's why be careful with your friendships and who you choose to hang out with. You don't know who people are. You don't really know them until you've been with them for three, four, five, six months. And the, and the sad part about it is if, if, you don't, if you don't understand that, you can get yourself involved with people that you shouldn't be with to lie to you and do all kinds of things to you and steal money from you, et cetera, et cetera. You know, right now, Americans are so tired of this. They're, or they're down on morality and family and country. And a recent poll reveals that the startling trends shaping America's family are their views on national pride and morality, why it matters, because America's identity is in a time of transition with Fourth of July holiday just being completed. This is getting deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, patriotism on the run. There are, the share of people who say they're extremely proud to be an American is dipped down extremely low. You know, it's, it's been falling for four years. Well, you know, of course, we realized that, you know, we saw that with out of, Donald Trump at first it went up and it came back down again. But wh- why does it matter? Well, less than 500 days from an election cycle, basically going to be a re- rematch as far as Biden and Trump. Extreme national pride is the historic low. The greatest demographic differentiation for expressions of national pride is party identification, according to Gallup. A majority, 60 percent of Republicans still claim extreme national pride, but the share has fallen from the near universal 86 percent 20 years ago when patriotism peaked in the level of 9-11 attacks. The last time a majority of Democrats said they were proud to be an American was in 2013 when President Obama's second term. Between the lines, American iconography has been a staple of political campaigns on both sides of the aisle. But for many Democrats, former President Trump's American First nationalism gave divisive new meaning to the red, white, and blue. I mean, this is crazy that people don't want to share, have America good. They don't want that. The people want to have America come down. And the sad part about it is when we look at this, we start to understand this. You know, we start to understand that this is just a problem that's systemic throughout the entire population. And the same thing is true with Germany. Germany was subjected after World War II to massive, massive, massive amounts of propaganda about how bad Germans were. I mean, I was years ago, I was at a shot show in Orlando. They usually have it in Vegas, but they had it in Orlando. It was really a cool show. I loved it. And they had all kinds of guns and machine guns and all kinds of other stuff there on display in this convention center in Orlando. And I remember I was talking to a guy, and he was basically a rep at one of these booths, and he had a German accent. And finally, I told him, I said, I asked him where he was from. He said he was Canadian. I said, looked at him. I said, um, I said here's, what I, here's what I said to him. I said, meine Mutter ist aus Deutschland. I said, my mom's from Germany. And I started, I started talking German to him. Then he was okay. He started talking German back to me. And, uh, and, he did, and I said to him, I said, why are you talking about your Canadian? You're German. He goes, well, he goes, the attitude towards Germans because of the propaganda, because of World War II is so bad that I try to avoid telling people that I'm from Germany. And I thought about that for a second. I thought, and I looked at him. I said, that's sad. Uh, that's really sad. Uh, the word Shada for that. I said, it's sad to me in German, it's Shada. I said, it's really sad to me that you basically aren't proud of being, you know, German 
And that's why so many Germans have left Germany. They moved to Greece. They moved to Argentina. They moved all around the world. They moved to Canada just to get away from the constant, constant, never-ending Holocaust rhetoric, rhetoric they get on TV. Now, I'm going to stop for one second before I get in trouble with this political correctness stuff again. I know the concentration camps were real. I know that. I got that. And I've always questioned the amount of people who have died in the concentration camps because it varies from author to author to author. And I know a lot of people died of typhus there, and a lot of people did die of starvation. But the question I have to ask you guys is when Schindler's List came out years ago with, with, you know, with uh, you know, Steven Spielberg, and he accepted the Oscar for Schindler's List, he said that the reason he was basically doing that movie was for the 4.5 million Holocaust survivors that came out of the camps and many of them who were still alive. Now, I've got to ask you guys a question. If, this whole, if the entire goal of the concentration camps was to kill everybody in the concentration camps, why were there still 4.5 million people still left alive in these camps, supposedly, according to you know, Spielberg, at the end of the war? That, that's the question I have to ask. I mean, that's just, that's just a question I want to ask. You see what I mean? If, 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 if the entire goal of those concentration camps was genocide on the Jewish people, okay, then why were they all so many of them left alive? They could have shut the water off to the camps a few few weeks beforehand. It, 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 it would have, it would have eliminate everybody there. So to me, it just seems weird to me. And also, I have to say one other thing: the camps weren't just Jewish people. There were Christians, there were Protestants, there were Catholics, there were people that were against Hitler. They were also sent to concentration camps, which were slave labor camps. And they were given fluoride in large dosages to make them servile and infertile because they were being used as slave labor. So all of these different things that we've been taught over the years, my question is this. Just ask questions about it and look at the different narratives about it. Make your own decision on it because the truth of the matter is, I mean, if we're being told constantly that Anna Nicole Smith married for love, all right, and we're being told constantly artificial sweeteners are safe, and we're being told constantly there was only one shooter in the Kennedy assassination, and we're being told constantly Building 7, that didn't exist when Donald Rumsfeld was asked about that. Oh, I don't know anything about Building 7 and 9-11. I mean, whatever. Or about the two or three trillion dollars that was declared, you know, on, you know, on, you know, you know, you know, on 9-10 the day before, you know, as far as being missing from the Pentagon budget and the part of the Pentagon that was hit by it wasn't an airplane, probably a missile. You know, all the people and all the records were destroyed for the trillions of dollars that were missing. But we can't ask about that either. And here's the other thing I want to say something to you about this. This is really important. You guys know that I'm a pilot. There's something that's called ground effect. And what that means is as you get closer to the ground, you get more lift on an airplane and because you're, you're pushing an air envelope down, which pushes the plane up. You can actually use that for a short runway takeoff because you can get the wheels up and you stay close to the ground and it pushes you up as you gain speed to make sure that you can get off the ground safely. Okay, That's one of the things that's called ground effect. Now, the problem with trying to fly a plane at a very high rate of speed you know, at ground level or 50 feet above the ground, especially if it's a big jet – is it can't be done because the air envelope under the plane pushes it back up. It won't go down that low at that speed. It's not possible. So when they tell you that a plane came in at 600 knots or 500 knots and hit the Pentagon in the side, yet there's no wing marks where the plane went in, just thought I'd mention that, that's impossible from a physics standpoint. And then the FBI came in and took all of the cameras and all of the videotape from every area around the Pentagon that was videotaping it. And finally, we had a couple of frames released, you know, through the Freedom of Information Act many years later. Didn't even show a plane. You know, General Stubbleby said the same thing. He said, I can tell you what, it didn't hit the plane. It didn't hit the Pentagon. He said, the plane didn't hit it. There's no wing marks. And so it was probably a missile, which I can pretty much guarantee you that's what it was. But nobody talks about that either. 
because a plane can't fly that low at 600 knots. Number one, the atmosphere is too thick. It won't get that speed. It has to be like 30, 40,000 feet if you could fly that fast because it has to have thinner air. And number two, it comes a ground effect. So all of these things that we're being told are true simply aren't true. So we have to always ask ourselves a question. What is the truth? You know, and now we find out that basically we have a group of people out there that are pushing us to not to be able to buy one or two items of clothing. And then we find out these guys are Lucifer and Kabbalah, synagogue of Satan, weirdos, and they have all kinds of weird ideas and dreams, and they want to change us and change our DNA. We're not supposed to ask any questions. They run the media. They run BlackRock. They run State Street. They run Vanguard. They run all the major corporations, and yet we're supposed to pretend like that's not true. No, guys, it is true. And that's what we have to understand. All this stuff never, ever ends. And so we got to realize that we can do all things to Christ who strengthens us. You know, but, you know, it's also this. This is another interesting article. I'm sorry. And I like this. It says Americans are now rejecting the trans indoctrination of children in corporate pride campaigns. What began as drag queen story hour evolved into drag queen shows for children. Now naked men pedal bikes in front of children at pride parades in Seattle, while LGBT activists in New York City march through the streets chanting. We're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. As previously reported by the Epic Times, the tide is turning on the tolerance for transgender ideology. Biological science has been replaced by internal feelings and chosen identities, and the clarity of one's sex has been blurred by the ambiguity of gender. Now, there are now an infinite number of pronouns. Failure to use the correct pronoun can result in losing your job. Men are claiming titles, trophies, scholarships, and accolades in women's sports. Men are named Women of the Year and crowned in women's pageants. The backlash started when Anheuser-Busch chose a transgender influencer to become a spokesperson for Bud Light. It became a revolt when Target took aim at children. Now, recent surveys confirmed that Americans have had their fill of harmful transgender indoctrination and woke corporate pride campaigns. According to the recent survey conducted by Summit Org in partnership with McLaughlin and Associates, 61 percent of likely voters believe that introducing young children to ideas that are transgenderism and drag shows and LGBTQ themes hurt their emotional and psychological development. I mean, duh. Still more, 30, 63% believe the activists pushing transgenderism, trans shows, and LGBT themes to children have ulterior motives. So I'm going to go ahead and let you finish reading this. But Americans are waking up. According to Mark Meckler, president of the co-founder of Convention of States of America, the reason why we are seeing such a spike in the number of youth identified as transgender is very clear. According to Meckler, it's the radical and blatant evolution of the transgender movement that has pushed the American tolerance level beyond its breaking point. And brain, Americans have been brainwashed by our own tolerance, Meckler told the Epic Times. What we're being told to do is tolerate anything, even if it's cruel. And it's sad because Meckler's right about that. And now this, the Bud Light's being targeted, et cetera, et cetera. And, of course, I hope nobody ever buys another Bud Light that had enough of that. And now Ben and Jerry's. You know, this, this 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 brand is now coming out and they're saying that, you know, they're they're, they're unbelievable. Same thing. They're activists. And they're, and they're saying the same thing, saying, doing the same thing. Ben and Jerry's and customers are calling for a boycott after the woke ice cream makers. Fourth of July message demanding the U.S. return stolen indigenous land, starting with Mount Rushmore to the Lakota Indian tribes. You know, this Fourth of July is high time we recognize that the U.S. exists on stolen indigenous land and commit to returning it. Outrage was swift on social media, with many disgusted as what they saw anti-American sentiment on a day meant to celebrate the United States. The ice cream giant, now owned by a British multinational Unilever, has long supported far-left causes with dedicated ice cream flavors. Now, 
the company, which was founded by longtime Bernie Sanders allies, Ben Cohen and Jerry Greenwood, who I know, by the way, I met them. I did a seminar with them back in the 90s, has since been sold to British multinational company Unilever, tweeted the message to its 500,000 followers. Now, I know these guys, okay? Ben Cohen and Jerry Greenwood. They are hardcore leftists. They're hardcore communists. I did I did a seminar with them several times back in the 90s. They were featured on the seminar circuit that I was basically privileged to be on for six years and spoke to over a million people at live seminars. And I got to meet a lot of these people. And these people were weirdos. They were weirdos back then. They're weirdos now. And it's ironic to me is that I've got to ask the question again, who funded them? Who funded the national expansion of Ben and Jerry's? And don't get me wrong. They make some pretty good ice cream. I'm not going to even I'm not going to debate that. I got to admit that it's a pretty good, high quality ingredients. But who funded them? Who paid their way? Who gave them the nod? Who allowed them to be put in all these different stores everywhere? And who pushed the agenda? See, this is something that we always have to ask that question. Who did this? Who did it so quickly for them? You know, there's a guy right now out there and he's an alt media and he came from nowhere. I mean, he came from nowhere for, I mean, absolutely nowhere a couple of years ago. And now he has millions of followers and millions of listeners. And suddenly he shows up on the scene, you know, with a big studio, with a big staff who paid for this. And then I find out that a lot of stuff he's putting out is false information, false, just false, 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 false. And he'll bring in four or five really good guests. He'll bring in one person that's a complete loon and on and on and on and on the circus show goes. You know, I've been doing this for 40 years. I've been doing this a long time, a long time. And you know, I've been doing seminars. I've been doing TV shows. And you guys can follow my track record all the way back. You know, the, it's by the grace of God and God alone, period, that, you know, I've gotten the traction and Health Masters have gotten the traction. And Austin, I've gotten the traction on the Ted and Austin Brower show because we've done it indigenously. We've done it with the people that who, who basically have been our customers for decades. And thank you, by the way, for that. And we've continued to allow you guys to help us to push the market, push the narrative, and to tell your friends, listen to the show and support Health Masters. We've been around for a long, long, long time. So we're not some come by Joe light, light and some come, some, some come lightly that we just suddenly showed up and we got millions of listeners. And the only reason that happens, now listen to me for a second, because now i got to be real careful what I say because I'm getting a lot of emails on this. When a person is working with the CIA or working with another government agency as a disinformation agent, as Operation Mockingbird, they're given open bandwidth. They're not shadow banned at all. Suddenly they start getting millions and millions and millions of views. When Austin and I were on YouTube years ago, they took us off. They just, they, they, that was like six, seven years ago. They took us down. They didn't want us on YouTube. They didn't want us to have that exposure. It's so interesting to me when I see it. And it starts at a local level, too. It starts at the state level. It starts at the county level. It starts at the city level. They don't want certain people to have exposure because they don't want the information that they're giving out to be made public. All of this stuff happens at a very, very – how should I say this? Basic level. And a lot of it's controlled through the local Masonic lodges who only want certain people to be pushed into an area of prominence that people will know them because they don't want people following people who are not part of the solution of the new world order and part of the Kabbalah. So remember, the Masonic lodges at the 30th degree level, they have a casket ceremony, and the person who is dead supposedly, not really dead, but pretending to be dead in the casket, is the man who wrote the Zohar. And they, he says to them, who comes there? So at that point in time, they tie together the Kabbalah. They tie together the Zohar, which is that ancient book of you know, witchcraft and sorcery. They tie all of it together through the Masonic lodges. 
and at the highest levels of the Masonic lodges is pure Satanism and the worship of Lucifer. Now, the younger initiates who come into the Masonic lodges, they're completely unaware of this. They think it's a social club, help them get further ahead in business. So they're, they're innocent, basically, but they have no idea what they're involved in. This is what happens at the 30th degree initiation where they have the, the entire you know, you know, lodge decked out like a mortuary, like a, like a funeral parlor. I've done entire shows on this. And so all of this stuff ties together at a point in which you see all of these people tied together. And you go back to Solomon. A lot of it goes back to Solomon. And Solomon was a Satanist. He wrote the Book of the Dead. He did all kinds of crazy stuff. He sacrificed human beings to Baal. He set up altars to Baal. This is Solomon. Now, he wrote some pretty good proverbs, if, if, he, if he indeed is one who wrote those. But the reality is this, is that this is this guy who's basically being basically told how great he was, but he's a pervert also. And so he brought all these women in with all of their gods and all their idols of all of the countries they were from and got involved with all of the idol worship and the worship and sacrificing of children. This is what we have running the planet through the ancient Canaanite religions, and we tie it together on this show every single day. I've done a few more things today that I normally don't do, but I want to cut back a, you know, to a few more things with these Masonic lodges. But I see their influence at the local level of politics to this day. There's a big billboard in Haines City, Lake Alfred, a few, a few years ago, and it says, your father was a Mason. Your grandfather was a Mason. Join the Masonic lodge today. That's right, because they want to continue to groom people to do their bidding. What were we told that when these warehouses went in across the street from us? That they said one of the county commissioners, ex-county commissioners, told me, if this group of people who are involved in this want this, there is nothing you can do to stop it. It doesn't matter if every person in your county came in and protested against this warehouse, they still would pass it. And I thought he was joking, and Austin thought he was joking. He wasn't joking, and he was right. And see, this is the influence that we have to take back and let them know that we're not going to go quietly into the night and we're going to continue to call them out like we do at these board meetings all the time and these county commissioner meetings and these local meetings. We always say stuff to them. And I'm not saying that every person involved in this is a Masonic Lodge member, but what I'm saying is they don't need every single person. They just need 51%. That's all they need, or they have to have enough influence over some of the people on the board to go ahead and get their agenda pushed through. But I was told years ago that Masons don't vote against Masons, period. That's interesting, isn't it? So, guys, listen to me. We have to think through this and realize that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that this is the day the Lord hath made, that we can put on the full armor of God, and we can stand according to the word of God all the days of our life. We can do that. We have to do that. We have no choice. That's our calling because we are the children of the Most High God, and we've been bought at a price by the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus and I have the opportunity to pray for you guys again this morning. I absolutely love you guys. You guys are amazing. And thank you for supporting us, and thank you for praying for us. What do you think, Austin? What's your next story? You know, you're spot on. You know, I talked to one of my buddies yesterday, and we were over there at the party, and we were talking about the same thing that happens now, and we've seen it repeatedly as far as with the Masonic groups that continually, essentially, I guess you could say, scratch each other's back. Where essentially, if another Mason wants to get something pushed, even if it's to the detriment of the city or the county or the population in the area doesn't matter that's what they want that's what they get you know right now in our area they've now not been able to basically build any further than the septic system construction as far as the subdivisions there's multiple subdivisions now that are halted because the entire lift station the entire water treatment facilities in auburndale have failed they're failing they, they, 
they didn't bother to look at the fact that if you add another two, three thousand houses to the current treatment system that's in a, such a small town, it's not going to be able to handle the load and they're going to fail on a regular basis. The lift stations are constantly failing. There's one right down the road from me that the buzzer goes off on it like once or twice a month. They got to have the city out there and they got to fix on it. There was one time they had one of the pumps failed on it. They couldn't get a new one. They had a whole nother system out there they had to rig up for an entire month and a half. This is what's happening. Even though everybody knew, including us, when we brought this up years ago, that the infrastructure can't handle what you guys are approving. What happened? Got approved anyways. Even though they knew the roadways couldn't handle the traffic, it got approved anyways. And then what they like to do is they like to use the excuse from the 1996, I think it's like the Fair Housing Act or whatever it is, that essentially also falls in a category where, you know, if somebody has a huge track of private property and it's been zoned residential, that they can't decline them that permit to basically go in and put subdivisions in. But then the question is, if the cities or the counties can be sued if they don't agree to these permits to go in and develop these areas, how in the world do you have the ability to maintain infrastructure control if everybody can just decide to develop everything at all times without putting any type of money into infrastructure, water treatment system, and roadways? The answer is it doesn't work. It's an excuse. And the, oh, we're going to get sued. If, if, if we don't approve these permits right now, we're going to get sued. Okay, then let them sue. See how much money they want to spend. See how long they want to drag this out in court because I can guarantee you any developer, as I've talked to many of them, they would much rather spend a few extra dollars contributing or paying a little bit higher taxes as far as on impact fees to increase the infrastructure that's going to function properly with their subdivision instead of having it tied up in litigation for two or three years with enormous amounts of attorney fees. Guarantee you they would because the thing about developers – they need to develop when they're planning to develop based on current market trends, interest rates, and housing developments. They don't want to project and say, okay, well, we were going to do it here, but now, well, it's going to be ongoing litigation for the next two, three, four, five years. So uh, we're just going to start going into that room. They don't want to do that. You can't plan housing developments like that because you don't know what's going to happen with the housing market in five years and interest rates. And so, again, this is the excuse that a lot of these groups use to rubber stamp every single thing. And this happened everywhere, not just our area. This happened everywhere down here in Florida. The same thing that we've seen now with the high-rise, high-density apartments over in Orlando. I told you guys, I went over there. It was I was going up to the springs the other day, up uh, Rock River Springs, King's Landing, Wakiva Springs. If you're ever in Florida and you want to go to a really fun spring area, crystal clear water stays like mid-70s all year long. Or just natural springs from the aquifer. Really cool. I mean, you see straight down. You can go snorkeling. You can go scuba diving. Multiple areas up there in the Wakaiva area. You can look them up. But we're on the toll road. And I mean, on both sides of the toll road. I mean, as far as I could see with, you know, the road moving elevation on both sides, high-rise, four- and five-story, high-density apartments. Every single direction as far as you can see. Yet – there's been no significant roadway expansion on Interstate 4, which has now contributed to this giant catastrophe in our area. I've had people come from all over the country to come to visit Florida, and they go, what is wrong with your traffic down here? Well, you got developers that scratched the backs of Masons that got city and county officials to approve infrastructure or housing developments that should never have been approved without expansion first of roadways. 
what moron says we're going to add in 50,000 residences to an area and then we'll redevelop the roadways as we see fit over the next coming years? That is only something either a moron would do or somebody that's highly compromised would do. No rational person that understands infrastructure and complex highway rebuilding would say, hey, it's okay. We'll just add in all these residents, and then at some point in time, we'll decide to add another lane or two. You know, we'll just we'll just we'll figure out when the time comes. Or hey, when it gets bad enough, we'll figure out what we're going to do with water treatment systems. You know, because that's we'll just figure it out when the time comes. You can't build infrastructure like that. It doesn't work. It always fails. And this is what we're currently watching now, because in my opinion. The promotion of these high-density areas in order to promote these 15-minute-style cities, which are becoming very prevalent and a lot more people are starting to talk about on a regular basis now because that is, in my opinion, the base agenda that is underlying all of this now. Because if you look at a lot of these developers and a lot of these people who are getting the funding from it, it's all coming from the same areas, and it all stems back to BlackRock. I had a developer told me, he said, the, the BlackRock will come in now with their massive headhunters that they go and they look at these subdivisions. They'll find a giant, giant development that's being put in, and if they don't control it, they will come in, they'll contact the developer, and they say, listen, we will buy every single house in the entire development before you even finish it. We want all of it. Here's the current number. Here's the current price. We'll cut you a check 50% down now, 50% when it's complete. The developer goes, okay. I mean, you'd be an idiot not to take that, quite frankly, if you're a developer trying to build houses. Everything's guaranteed sold. You don't even have to try to sell it. It's already pre-sold before you break ground. And they'll come in. They'll build it. They'll get a check cut. They'll get a check cut when they're done, and BlackRock will own the entire neighborhood, and they turn them into rental houses now. Huge portion of subdivisions that are being built right now are rentals, rentals. They're not selling them. They're renting them. So again, what does the, the Klaus Schwab say? Well, you'll own nothing and you'll like it. That's what they're promoting. If you have constant people that can't even pay off a house and have a house that's in their name and they own it, everybody just rents all the time. It's very easy to control the populace, isn't it? Oh, you say something that we don't like? Oh, we're sorry. Your rent's going up now in the next six months. Uh, it's not 2000 a month. Now it's 4000 a month. Well, I can't afford to pay my rent. I can't pay that. Oh, sorry. We have to kick you out then. You have to find someplace else to live. You can find a little small place and continually push people down lower and lower and lower into that group to where nobody can really afford anything. And you're watching that happen now with intentionally being done, in my opinion, with the food industry. You've seen it now with the eggs, which now they're starting to come back now. You see it with the beef. Suddenly, oh, there's 18,000 cows that die suddenly out in this field. Oh, there's another chicken egg farm that burns to the ground at 3 a.m. After it happens about a dozen times, it's not a coincidence anymore. <laughs> not when you see what's going on with Bill Gates funding fake meat and fake eggs and what they're constantly trying to promote. So again, that's why it's important to be as self-sufficient as you can. You know, if you want to work on a greenhouse, if you want to have chickens, get chickens. You know, there's lots of work to these different things, but there's also a degree of certainty and I guess confidence you have when you know, hey. I've got X amount of food buckets stacked up that are organic food buckets that I got on backup. I also have eggs. I also have this. I also have greenhouse. I have this. And when you work on it like that, it really gives you just a sense of you know confidence where you go, okay, wow, we got this set up. We got this set up. You know, we're good to go. And then 
continue to live your life, enjoy your life, enjoy the time you have with your family, and continue to encourage others to do the same. Really, really important. Because I saw earlier today, it appears that we're about to start seeing very highly probability that we're going to see a Gulf of Tonka incident now, as there has been a significant amount of rhetoric that I've been hearing from mainstream media about this nuclear plant in Europe now that's over there in Ukraine and the uh, Zaporinskia nuclear plant and claims now are coming from the Ukrainian top officials have been talking that basically Russia is a serious threat and that they're more than likely going to bomb this nuclear plant, which essentially would drag in. I think they're talking about a uh, title Article 5, which will drag NATO into it, which will drag the United States over there into a Russian conflict and continue to expand this war because as I've talked to multiple contractors now – the military industrial complex is chomping at the bit to start manufacturing more arms. This is one of the reasons why we dumped so many munitions, so much gear, so much weaponry over to Ukraine is a lot of this stuff was inventory that was already set up and that they needed – the United States needed to dump this stuff in order to keep the military industrial complex fed because war is a racket. Anytime they can't control the narrative, they go to war. Anytime they need more money, they go to war. Anytime they want to keep people distracted, they go to war. This is what we're constantly seeing right now, and when you start seeing multiple mainstream media outlets – say the same thing over and over and over again, that Russia's about to attack this nuclear plant. Russia's about to attack this nuclear plant. It's going to drag NATO into this. Most of the time when you see stuff like that, it's because they're conditioning people to the narrative that they're going to basically drag us into something. The Gulf of Tonka drug us into Vietnam. There's multiple people that have already said now, this appears this is what they're going to do with this. And again, take that for what it is. Not fear-mongering, just telling you the narrative that they're promoting right now. And I learned a long time ago, when everybody in mainstream media starts parodying the exact same thing verbatim over and over and over again, there's usually an agenda to it. This is why you're constantly seeing this perversion being promoted in the mainstream media with this term now called gender-affirming care. There's topics and word buzzwords that they use on a regular basis to continue to promote agenda, and they do this in order to control the psyche. It's another psychops, another mind war. As they go and say it, remember we had flatten the curve, 15 days to slow the spread, do your part, wear your mask, stupid terms that they'd say over and over and over again during COVID to keep people reiterating them and saying them. This is why you hear gender-affirming care, gender-affirming care. There is nothing gender affirming about any of this affirming is not some type of medicine isn't some type of health care gender affirming care is just another really fancy soft word to promote child mutilation and delusions and going in and promoting gender dysphoria there's nothing affirming and nothing care about it it's another word they're using to basically bring this idea into the general population this isn't healthcare. This affirming this pseudoscience perversion through woke perversions now being enforced with federal funding by brainwashing officials is not affirming anything. It's perverting the younger generation because now apparently what they're talking about now is that the HHS with the federal government is now saying that essentially anyone that accepts Medicare or Medicaid – will be denied federal funding via Medicare and Medicaid if they do not go along with gender-affirming care. They're just talking about this. I was reading about it last night. And essentially, if so basically if you have a doctor 
that doesn't want to go along with gendered childhood mutilation surgery or putting them on cross-sex hormones or puberty blockers. Essentially, if they get flagged and this thing escalates, the federal government is now going to block them from being able to get Medicaid and Medicare funding as far as being reimbursed for it. This is straight up sadistic at the highest level. This, I mean, this is what this is. The very fact that we're having discussions, even discussions about normalizing children, having their appendages cut off their body and hormones injected into them while they are teenagers, the very topic of this is not only repulsive and perverted, it is sadistic. You guys have to understand that. There is nothing normal about this. There is nothing okay about this. There is nothing Christian about this. This is satanic. And this is why it's being promoted right now, because they want to pervert the younger generation as hard as they can. This is why it's being talked about. Does anybody else find it remotely odd that the United States is the only country in the entire world that somehow is having this massive influx of transgenderism in childhood years? Massive influx in childhood gender mutilations through their so-called gender-affirming care. No other country in the world is doing this right now, guys. Newsflash, almost every other country in the entire world has been blocking a lot of this stuff and discussing and saying, you can't do any of this until you're at least 18. If you decide you want to be a grown adult and go have surgery and mutilate your body, well, at that point, you know, you're an 18 consenting adult. But saying that you're putting 9, 10, 12-year-olds on puberty blockers and then starting to put females on testosterone at 13 and 14 years old, what is wrong with anyone who actually thinks this is normal? This is what they're doing here. And again, it's designed to degrade the culture of the United States, the once great culture that taught very clearly about why it is so important to protect everyone as far as young children and promote biblical values and promote Christian beliefs and continue to have the ability to not go along with ideas that are not good for society, promoting a constitutional republic. That's what this country was great. It was great for that. And now we're watching it with a small, small, small group of individuals that have an agenda to pervert the things that God has made now, they're going in now and trying to promote this. Because remember, Satan and this entire agenda with these groups like Klaus Schwab, they can't make anything. They can't build anything. When I say that, I mean as far as anything real, essence. Only God Almighty can make life. They can't build any of this stuff. The only thing they can do is try to pervert and manipulate and twist the current things that God has made. That's the only thing they can do. You have to understand that. That's why they're so bent on promoting this stuff because that's all they can do. And they love other people, human beings, being miserable because they're miserable because of what they've done and what they do and what they're involved in. That's the only thing they actually enjoy is promoting misery on other people. Every single time I've done any research on this transgenderism and people that have talked about it, that have gotten involved in it and did these conversions, every single time I have read about it and heard interviews about it, they massively regret their decision as they get older. And it was a horrible idea, and they cannot re they cannot change it. It's permanent. Done. There is no change anymore. But yet, hey, 12-year-old knows what they're doing, guys. So 
let me get this straight. Grown adults couldn't make their own decision whether or not they were allowed to basically get a shot. Everybody had to be forced to get the shot, and nobody knew anything about science, and nobody knew anything about vitamin C and D3, and nobody was allowed to talk about any alternative scientific aspects of maintaining your health during the alleged COVID pandemic, and nobody knew what they could do in science, and the only people that knew science was Fauci, as he is, I am science. If you argue with me, you're arguing with science. They knew what's best, but... A 10-year-old now suddenly knows science so well that they decide they want to go on gender-affirming care – I say that loosely – and go on puberty blockers and testosterone or estrogen at a very young age because, well, they know it's best for them. But adults couldn't make their own decision whether or not they wanted to go outside or have their business open. They had to have it locked down. Does anybody else see the contradictory picture here that's happened repeatedly? This is the goal. None of this is about science. None of this was about health. It was all about fear and control from the beginning. The same thing they're doing now here with this agenda, and it's so important. You continually protect your children at any and all costs, and I do not say that lightly. What do you think, Dad? Uh, you're right, Austin. I mean, the, the transgender stuff is a nightmare. And that's why we have such a pushback against it because people are starting to realize that they're trying to take the kids. And uh, But you got to understand, it's like Austin said, they don't care about you. They don't care about your kids. All they care about is serving their father, the, the devil. You know, this, this, he's locked down here with us. Remember, the fallen angels are locked up with us here on the planet Earth, on prison planet Earth. We talked about this in the you know, angel wars. And this is like his last bastion of just you know, perversion that he's doing down here with us. And we have to stand against that, and we have to have a relationship with the Most High God. And that's the key here is to maintain a relationship with God and realize that we don't have to be like that. We don't have to be one of the weirdo like Klaus Schwab and the rest of these clowns. That we stand against this. They can't force us in their compliance. They can't. They can't. Change topics here. Frightening moment, Florida beachgoers scream, get out of the water as a giant shark swims in the shallows the same day as a 15-year-old was mauled off the coast of New York's Fire Island. Uh, this is a crazy video. This shark looks like it's probably 10 to 12 feet long and is swimming right through the people on the beach in Pensacola. Guys. Be really careful with your kids, especially down here in Florida, because a lot of these sharks now, they've lost the ability to have good food because the, the environment is so destroyed and the overfishing. I remember years ago, I was flying over one of the beaches. You know, I believe it was uh, near the Daytona area, and I was out, I was, you know, I was about a half a mile off of the coast, and I was flying over, and I was looking down at the beaches and looking down at the people, and suddenly I looked down, and there's like dozens of sharks in the water. I could see the silhouettes swimming, dozens. And the people were swimming, you know, 100 yards away. And I thought to myself, wow, that's something I really don't want to do. And a few years ago, I was at Amelia Island with the kids when they were younger. There was a guy fishing there on Amelia Island. And uh, the kids wanted to go swim in the, lake, in the ocean. And he goes, I wouldn't do that. He goes, we've got a bunch of sharks out here right now. I've been watching them swim. Their fins are coming up. He goes, I wouldn't put the kids in the water right there. So I listened to him. and I thought, you know, he's right. I'm absolutely not going to do that. And then we've had another gator attack. I mean, you know, the thing about it is, is with alligators, you know, we, we this whole thing with alligators in the United States and, you know, in the south and the southern states of these environmentalists, you know, we've got a real problem with gators. And, and you know, and I, the other day I was over at Celebration and I was over there with a, with a the person that I know and, and we were talking and we were walking. And there's a little lake right there at Celebration in the coast of Disney World. And here comes a gator, you know, and there's multiple gators swimming. You know, they were small. They were three to four feet. And and she and all these tourists were running up to them, you know, and taking pictures of them and all the other stuff. And I thought myself, 
these gators are already losing their fear of human beings with these people here feeding them now, these tourists. And here's the problem. Just a few years ago, a child was eaten at one of the theme parks at Disney World on one of the beaches with the gators. Be really careful when you come down here. These alligators are real. They don't care if you're a human. They don't care if you're a turtle. You're food to them. They don't care. They don't think through things like this. And when they were shot into almost oblivion down here as far as in the freshwater lakes that people inhabited back in the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, we didn't have a real problem with them. But the environmentalist thing came out and said, no, 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 we need them. And I don't have a problem with the gator being two or three or four feet long in a lake. I don't have a problem with that because they're not going to attack a human being. But when they get 10, 12, 14, 15 feet long, these are dinosaurs. And you don't have a chance if one of these things grabs you, like that lady who was walking her dog who got killed here locally a few last year. Be very, very careful with the snakes, the alligators, and the sharks in Florida. Just, just a heads up with everybody. By the way, I love you, and I appreciate you, and I think you guys are absolutely amazing. Austin, go ahead and finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. April 15th, gator season opens in Florida. If you got tags, enjoy yourself. I know I will. <laughs> These things are not fun to be around when they're big, and they have to be hunted. I can't stand people getting arguments with me. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're hunting those things. Like You've been in the water with a 12-foot gator. He doesn't care that you don't like him. He doesn't care that you want to like him. He doesn't care if you think he's cool. These are cold-blooded reptiles. There's no soul to them. There's no reasoning skills. They don't look at you and go, oh, man, this guy, he really doesn't want to be eaten today by me. They're just cold-blooded predators, and they have to be kept under control. They're extremely evasive if they're not controlled at all. So, yeah, environmentalists, you guys go kick rocks. I get so sick of hearing this. So I saw the other day somebody was complaining about how how horrific it is what we're doing to the doggone pythons in the Everglades. The pythons are an invasive species. They're not supposed to be in Florida Everglades. They're eating everything. they got to put bounties on them with contractors now to constantly hunt them out, which that's another wild thing to go do if you want to go hunt pythons down the Everglades. So, again, understand that things have to be kept in order in environments. When you have certain animals or certain things that are injected into an environment that are not kept under control, you start having a balance with things. And this is what we started to watch now. And yeah, dad's right though with the over overfishing and a lot of the pollution, and a lot of the stuff, a lot of the marine life, especially in the ocean has been heavily hit. And these sharks now, they come closer. They want food. So just be aware of that. You come down here. Florida is a very wild place. The photos and the stories you hear about, oh, it's great this, Disney Orlando, that's a cool story. You want to hear all that. But Florida's wild. Between the mosquitoes and the snakes and the meth heads and the gators, you know, got great beaches. Florida's wild. Super hot. You guys have fun. <laughs> Enjoy yourselves. Have a fantastic blessed night. Be sure to check out the product of the week, Inacetyl Cysteine. Incredible product to have in your drawer on a regular basis to make sure you can't take it regularly every day or use it as a benefit to help heal the lungs and support detoxification. Healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, my friends. And we'll talk to you tomorrow, as always.
Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs> 